right, welcome back. After a brief hiatus, I'm back. I was sick last week. Apologies. Uh, my name is Jay Shatara, and a big shout out and thanks to Brandon Cortez and Steve Raju for holding down the fort, talking about dumb money, which, by the way, still hasn't released in my area. I'm a little salty about that, uh, so I haven't had a chance to watch it. So regardless, uh, it's going to be an awkward review for you. Uh, last <laughs> yeah, I, I would have done <laughs> your own way. We don't pirate around here, okay? So we're respectful of, of the box office. Yeah, wait, but, wait. Hey, uh, <laughs> but hey, listen, we have a, a lot to get to in this episode. And the, and the biggest thing that happened this week uh, is Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka wrapped up. Uh, we didn't get a, t- a chance to talk about episode seven yet. Um, and, and now the finale, episode eight. So overall, actually, we really probably don't need to talk much about Seven. You know, it was a classic setup episode. Uh, you know, Ahsoka meets Ezra. They reunite. But then we jump right into the action in Eight. Um, I thought the finale was uh, interesting. Um, I thought for all the buildup of the series, uh, it did fall a little flat, in my opinion. And that's been a recurring theme on Disney Plus in general. Um, really good shows with sort of uh, no cohesive vision in the finale. The last time I can think of like an elite finale on a Disney Plus show was Mandalorian season two. Um, that was to me some really good closure. And then it kind of came undone with Book of Boba Fett anyways. But, uh, you know, this was a good finale in my opinion. I kind of like how it ended. The, the reason I say it falls flat is because they haven't greenlit a second season. Now I assume a second season is coming the way it ended, but I don't know how you end it like with so many unanswered questions without a second season confirmed. I don't know if that has to do with strike. I don't know. I don't know. But for me, that's the reason it falls flat. Other than that, I did love the finale. Um, you know, Andor to me was like a spy crime thriller that's going to lead to Rogue One. This to me, this whole series was Star Wars. It felt Star Wars. Uh, we had dog fights in space on the ground. Um, and this finale really had that. So I really, really enjoyed that. I loved seeing... Um, the zombie troopers, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a cool touch. Some darkness from Dave Filoni there. Um, seeing Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka as a trio in action was really, really cool. So, yeah, yeah. really good action. To me, a solid finale. I just I have a lot of questions, and I would hope a second season is going to get green light. Yeah, great thoughts. Um, what you mentioned about the Disney Plus finales is really hard. I can tell you overall, even the MCU with the shows, I want to say Loki might be the only series that it really had mm-hmm. a really strong finale, you know, with introducing Kang the Conqueror. Um, just everything felt right. Uh, it, it's, it always worries me when it comes to the finales uh, for the Disney Plus shows. And I, I thought this was okay. Like, I thought it was really good. I felt satisfied with how it ended. Uh, you know, I think we'll get into a little bit of that later on. Um, there was, I guess you can say, a satisfying part to it. But it did feel a little bit Infinity War um esque, you know, where it was like it this the way it ended, it had to continue at least mm-hmm. for some of these characters. Like there has to be a conclusion to how that, whether that goes into a season two, whether that goes into the Filoni verse uh movie, however that uh comes out to be, if that's still it's gonna come out to be. Um but apart from that, it felt it did feel a little bit like, hey, there were some unanswered questions. Uh, you know, we saw this with the secondary antagonists. I feel like we kind of forgot about them <laughs> throughout the yeah. entire episode. I was like, Oh, you know what? There's Valen. Um, <laughs> so I was like, there's definitely some things that were unanswered that I agree that I wish we kind of received, especially with the risk of there being possibly no season two. Um, it's it's going to be something that we're just going to have to wait patiently for, uh, for what, what it concludes to. 
Yeah, and before we jump to Steve, who I, I do, that's a great point, Brandon. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually just texting a friend today as he watched the finale last night as well. And he was like, I, and I said the same thing. I kind of forgot Balin and Shin existed for a second. Yeah. And they appear <laughs> in the last five minutes of the episode. So I agree, but I'm curious to hear yeah. Steve's thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I felt a little like it was a undercooked finale. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I was expecting more of a grandiose finish to the season. And I think, Jay and Brandon, I feel like it was a finale. It was almost like a mid-season finale in a way. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like, you know, the classic TV shows, cable TV shows that would have 16 episodes, 20 episodes. You'd have mm-hmm. a mid-season finale that would be, you know, tie up some things mm-hmm. but would leave the rest to be finished in the next 10 episodes right mm-hmm. um yeah which really leads to the theory of hey this they were supposed to announce a second season if it wasn't for the strikes probably or possibly or if it wasn't for whatever ancillary reason because that's what it feels like with this season mm-hmm. finale it felt like we got a kind of an underbaked um a little bit of a lackluster episode because i going into this as a non I like Star Wars. So when I say not Star Wars fan, it, it feels like, you know, hmm. I don't like Star Wars. No, I, I like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. However, without the background information of Rebels and, um, you know, hazy on really the whole lore of Star Wars, I feel like the show, the show hmm. should do a better, should have done a better job in the finale by giving me a climactic, um, emotionally resonant ending um to a show that you know features ahsoka features some interesting characters but i felt like it's still it ended in a way where it's like hey just to let you know we have to have a second season to tie up the loose ends and that was the thing i like the i like the lightsaber battles um you know i like the zombie stormtroopers i remember bill you said that was something that was a part of the the books correct uh, yeah, a, co- uh, a comic series. A comic. Yeah, so they managed yeah. to tie that in. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I thought the Sabine stuff was. I I just the thing is I don't know how powerful she is. Like how powerful is are these characters <laughs> supposed to be? <laughs> you guys have a better idea of it because I think in Star Wars, especially in Star Wars culture, in a way, there's a significant level of I guess interest or intrigue into how mm-hmm. strong certain characters are. Right. And the power levels of them. Obviously, you got your Darth Vader, who's tip of the top. You know, you have some of your middling characters. And my thing with Sabine was I felt like they they retroactively scaled her power so much that felt unrealistic. And I'm not familiar with Sabine's power levels from Rebels. So, Jay, Brandon, feel free to educate me if she had this type of potential to be, you know, using the force at a level that was greater than for example, Ezra, um, like her ability to push Ezra, what, to the destroyer? Yeah. Pretty far distance. I was like, <laughs> didn't she just get the force? Like, so, <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I thought it was, I thought the Morgan Elizabeth fight was pretty decently done. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I guess not really the most exciting Star Wars fight I've seen. It's not on the level of Obi-Wan versus Anakin and Revenge of the Sith. Um, right. But I did think uh, her, I liked I liked how they made her like 
I don't think she was the right villain to end the season with as, hey, we're going to kill this villain off. Mm-hmm. You know, I would think it'd be Balin as a more satisfying end of season one kind of battle. Mm-hmm. For sure. Maybe yeah. Thrawn, but we obviously know there's bigger plans with Thrawn. But I did like the fact that Thrawn, you know, was able to use his witches to make her a Dathomir witch. Is basically what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I did like the fight. But I thought there should have been more of a um, a grandiose, I guess, stakes involved. I mean, we obviously know that they're stranded in this galaxy now. Um, there's not a lot of resolution. Uh, we know we don't really know what's going on with Balin. We know he's standing in front of that statue that I had to research yeah. online. I was the statue. What is the statue called? Or the, uh, the engravings? So, so shout out to Twitter for actually catching this because I don't <laughs> even think I caught it on first glance, but there. are three statues that he was standing on it was of the the father the son and uh the daughter and and i always tell people listen clone wars is a lot it's mm. like seven seasons of filler um but if mm-hmm. you're ever going to watch one arc in all of clone wars it's the mortis gods arc it's where ahsoka anakin and obi-wan are traveling and they get caught in a dimension to another galaxy and they see these three force gods um you have the father who represents both the light and the dark side the daughter who's the light side and the son who's the dark side and and basically a, a quick recap of those three episode arc is uh you know the daughter uh, the son who's on the dark side kills ahsoka the daughter sacrifices her life force and gives it to ahsoka but she dies and then the son shows anakin his future as darth vader but then anakin kills him and the father eventually wipes his memory it's a whole thing and the father eventually dies. So there's theories out there that the new father is actually Anakin because he is both light and dark. And that because the the daughter lives in Ahsoka, she's the new daughter. And we're looking for our son now. Who some people think could be Balin. Um, yeah. Obviously, we don't know. But um, that's what those statues were of, yes. Mm. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Jay, because I was confused on what I was seeing. But I also, <laughs> but really what I wanted to understand was what, where Balin's journey was going. I really didn't, mm-hmm. really yeah. don't know. And obviously with Ray Stevenson's character, or Ray Stevenson as the actor passing away, you know, now it's pretty clear that Balin's going to be recasted for a potential season two. But obviously yeah. we have that, we're not sure if there is a season two. Um, but I will say uh, some of the things that I liked, I liked, uh, I liked Thrawn in this episode. I liked how, you know, you could see the influence and the, the tactical mindset he has the big bad that he is, I thought we got a, a, a nice glimpse of it. You know, him turning Morgan Elizabeth into a witch and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm encouraged. And I like, I didn't want to see him killed off. So I do like the direction they're going with Thrawn. That now he's, you know, in the main galaxy now. And he's probably going to be the big bad of the whole Filoni-verse. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But I will say that um, I thought it was pretty lackluster. I don't think the stakes were too high. Um, I didn't really love Sabine's character I think not in terms of the actress I think the the way they did the character I didn't understand her power scaling because at the end of the day I don't think someone who really is a rookie when it comes to force who just learned the force right I mean Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong she just learned the force and she's using it pretty powerfully um I thought because it's a Disney product we should have seen more of a gruesome fight scene between them and the and the the zombie troopers because it felt mm-hmm. like they were handicapped fighting them but the <laughs> zombie troopers seemed as if they were i don't know pretty incoherent obviously because they're zombies but also 
they don't they didn't seem like that hard to beat you know i felt like you you three are lightsaber users um you should be able to dismember these guys you know <laughs> that was a big that's, issue that's, yeah that's like classic star wars right and yep. they felt almost helpless and ahsoka you know she's a big bad you know not really a jedi master but a rogue master of the force right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she felt almost a little helpless against something against an army of stormtroopers that i guess i know there was a lot but they didn't they didn't seem that powerful to me so that's my my gripes i mean jay brandon you know please feel free to to respond to yeah. i guess my gripes with it and you know your thoughts well you you touched on something that i think is an overarching issue um you know and, and i'll start going back to kevin feige when these disney plus shows were announced for marvel Kevin Feige said, our movies are not going to have to be to the point where you have to watch the shows. And then Doctor Strange came out and you're like, wait, if I didn't watch WandaVision, I have no clue what's going on. Why does Wanda have kids? Why is she evil? Yeah. Why, you know, why are these yeah. things happening? If you didn't watch um, Loki, you're kind of just like, why is there another king? What is this purple multiverse thing? So, and, and this is kind of happening for Star Wars is that they talked about you know, uh, you shouldn't have to watch Clone Wars and Rebels to understand these Star Wars shows. But I'm now looking at, you know, Mandalorian, and I'll, I'll use Book of Boba Fett as an example, uh, the big Cad Bane reveal. Me as a Clone Wars nerd, I was all over that. I was like, oh my god, here's Cad Bane, this amazing uh, character, bounty hunter, who's on the same level as Boba Fett, and you don't even know that he was still alive. And if you're not a Clone Wars fan, you're like, who's this random blue guy showing up with freaking ventilators coming out of his neck it's all it's so, all the random blue guys so <laughs> it's always a blue guy so <laughs> so you know it, it yeah. is it, maybe this is just an overarching issue with these disney plus shows that um and then i think another part of it is the formula i'm not a fan of the formula i um i think the original plan for book of boba fett was actually to be a movie and then mm-hmm. they said well we'll break it up into a six episode so it's like a six hour movie but is it really we're getting these like 30 to 40 minute episodes i feel like we're kind of really late leaving a lot of loose ends in all of these shows so maybe i'd really be curious on your guys thoughts i don't love the formula that disney plus is pumping out right now we saw it with secret invasion six mm-hmm. episodes is almost too short it's almost like they're afraid of a 10 episode game of thrones style show with 50 yeah. minute to an hour long episodes and i don't know why i don't know if it's a budget thing i don't know well, if it's because daredevil the audience be, daredevil's about to be 18 episodes and that's good. I'm glad they're doing yeah. something like that, you know. And no, but I, I and get for, you, yeah. And for instance, Andor, they had already announced that it was going to be two seasons of eight episodes, or excuse me, maybe ten episodes. These I forget now. But you know, at least we know going into it, Andor ended with a kind of some loose ends. But then there's like, mm-hmm. oh wait, well now we have that second season. Maybe this is all absolved with the second season of Ahsoka leading into that movie. But yeah, I, I don't know. Just the overall Disney Plus formula. On top of having to have that pre-required context, mm. for a lot of people, it's a turnoff. Yeah, I noticed something with Secret Invasion, um, and then the same thing happened with the show. If you look at the runtime, it'll be as low as like 29 minutes and as long as mm-hmm. like 54. I just, I need consistency in that in that, in that that time. Yeah. It's like, why is one episode going to matter more than another? I mean, in hindsight, yes, that might happen. But it just I just don't feel like some episodes are being treated as long or as short. Um about that so that's just one of my things is the consistency with that formula um 
you could kind of see the struggle where, you know, just I know it's a lot going back back and forth with the MCU and Star Wars, but you know, you can say back from 2008 all the way till what 2018 uh it was two three movies a year that was it so it allowed for a lot of focus and i think now that we're pumping you know eight uh forms of media for the mcu between movies tv shows you see that happening um you see that kind of that trajectory of just too much to focus on what is going to take priority when honestly anything in the medium uh should take priority like everything should um, that's kind of my worry with Star Wars. I saw that little bit of downfall with season three of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett started really good. The world building was fantastic. Um, and I can say the world building was really good here too. But from episode three all the way to the finale, it kind of became a meme of itself, um, <laughs> especially with that season finale. Um, so that's kind of my little bit worried. Not saying Ahsoka was a meme. It took itself very serious, which I enjoyed. But it's it's definitely, you can tell that, hey, there were just some episodes where one thing was just a little bit more important than the other. Uh, Steve, going back to your point, the actress who plays uh, Sabine, I, I don't think it's on her at all. I just think it's the writing around the character. It's like, what what do we want to do with her? I just personally wasn't a big fan of her. What are we doing with Balin, uh, with Shin? So it's just some struggles like that where it's like, I need, if she's going to have all the strongest force in the world, you know, to push um, <laughs> Ezra up to the, you know, to the ship, it's like, where's the reward? Where's the challenges where it's like this character deserved in order to do that? Um, so just some little loose ends like that that are just just not the most satisfying uh, for a TV show. So Jay, I want to talk about uh, your point about the Disney Plus formula. Um, and do you mind just reiterating it real quick? Yeah, I, I just think we kind of have this. Uh, there's two parts to this. One, it's this whole... Um, you know, sorry, I'm even going to add Brady's point to this. I do think mm-hmm. we have too much being pumped out at once, especially mm-hmm. with Marvel. But Star Wars, too. We have three Star Wars shows this year, with the fourth slated to come out next year with um, The Skeleton Crew, which is a new show. Actually, five shows. I've rather released uh, Tales of the Jedi, which is a cartoon, and Clone Wars-style animations. I mean, there's just so much being pumped out right now. On top yeah. of working on a brand new Taika Waititi trilogy. Like, there's so much being pumped out in terms of Star Wars and um and marvel and i think it's kind of getting oversaturated so i think there's there's a couple things to this but this disney plus formula of hey we said you weren't going to have to watch prior shows to understand current media so the big example i use is if you didn't watch wandavision you were probably very lost during the doctor strange multiverse of management um when they said that wasn't going to be a necessity two it's this sort of six to eight episode formula no consistent run times, like Brandon said. They can be 29 minutes. They could be an hour. You really don't know. And um, some episodes are just clear setup, and some episodes mm. are a little more impactful than others. So it's just – I don't really like it. I think of Game of Thrones – we can't really compare HBO. HBO is like the holy grail yeah. of shows. I think we <laughs> yeah. all know that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and any show they do is usually a hit. They rarely, rarely miss. I think because of that – is they put the time in. We get hour to an hour and a half long. I mean, there's movie-length episodes of some of their shows. And there's good exposition and dialogue and world-building. One big problem I have with Ahsoka, uh, the world-building was good, but how did we only get three episodes in the New Galaxy? And it was all really... It felt rushed to wrap mm-hmm. that up. So I just think the Disney Plus formula of six to eight episodes, you don't know what the runtime is going to be going into it, usually a little on the shorter end. I feel like we're, that's what's leading to some of these loose ends. 
Yeah. I mean, look, when it came to the MCU shows that first came out, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, Hawkeye, Loki. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think I think Loki did the best out of all four of them. But I, mm-hmm. I you know, I marginally I enjoyed all four of those shows in their own way. Um, I even enjoyed Moon Knight, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess my thing with the Disney Plus formula is I get what they're trying to do because these are not cheaply budgeted shows. Like these shows require a huge budget. And the only difference between why aren't we making this a movie and why is this a TV show is just the pull of the characters. You know, what is movie oh, material sure. and what is not really worth the movie investment because that comes at a much higher cost, right? You know, Hawkeye is a movie. You know, we saw Ant-Man do sub subpar at the box office, Quantumania, you know, is mm-hmm. wasn't the the seven hundred million plus dollar giant that usually marvel movies are um your point about the episode lengths you know i think the my biggest thing is i need the writing to just be more on point because i'm okay with six to eight episodes because that just if it's over long if it's 20 episodes i guarantee you it's 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 probably 10 episodes too long to be honest with you because we can get Mm -hmm. to the point much Mm -hmm. quicker than 20 episodes when it comes to shows like wandavision uh you know, Hawkeye, all that stuff. Now going, so my, my take on the Disney plus formula is I think it's been okay so far on the star Wars level. I, I would have to do more research because I need to catch up on my live action star Wars shows, but as far <laughs> as how they did it for the MCU, um, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I think the star Wars shows as a, as a whole are probably all fine in its own ways. And we're just hypercritical in returns of my issues with Ahsoka. I felt like, if you're going to do Ahsoka, you need to have more more of a reason for me to care about Ahsoka as a character mm-hmm. um, for Star Wars fans and as non-Star Wars fans. Um, and I felt like they kind of underbaked us on her character development. Um, I understand, you know, she got to see Anakin on the brink of death in, you know, the dimension that she was in. Sorry, Jay, because you probably told me this six billion <laughs> times, but I keep saying Dimension. But I felt like, was that really character development to see Anakin? How did Anakin really develop her as a character? I know she was much more, I guess, snarky and much, much more playful, um, you know, in the later episodes after that. Um, but, you know, her as a character, it just felt a little bland to me um, in this show. I wanted to see some more tangible like who are you what made you the way you are and how are you dealing with the circumstances of all those events that happened in rebels and the clone wars and i felt like i didn't get a good understanding of that maybe you guys felt differently and number two i felt like this should have just been live action rebels because i felt like i would have rather instead of spending so much time with ahsoka i would have rather spent a lot more time with ezra with mm-hmm. Balin, with Shin, with some more prominent character from Rebels that you guys would know better, because I mm-hmm. felt like I would have rather I would have been more invested if I had a whole episode about Balin, right? About his yeah. life and what he went through, you know. Even Shin, why are you a, a rogue mercenary? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's some questions that I think needed to be answered, and in this finale, I think 
what we really just got was just more kind of bridging until the the big movie that comes eventually or season two. We didn't really mm-hmm. get a TV because sh- my standards of a TV show, especially one that's, uh, you know, a great IP like Star Wars is mm-hmm. if you're going to do a, a, a season, I need this to be um, held at the same standards as I would an HBO show where mm-hmm. from episode one to the last episode, we're getting great character development. We're getting good writing. We're not skipping any steps, right? Mm-hmm. We're not getting mm-hmm. Sabine becoming a, a force master. Literally like that to where she's as strong as Ezra all of a sudden, or, you know, like, I don't want to skip steps in that regard. And I felt like they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering <laughs> as far as my other gripes with the, with the finale, um, do you feel like the fighting? Well, I did like the fighting in some parts of this episode. Do you feel like the combat scenes were just kind of clunky at times? And I'm wondering, is it just because of like for Ahsoka, I felt like for how badass she is as a character, shouldn't I see more badassery from her? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the one of the big things that's been brought up a lot on Twitter when they first announced Ahsoka as a live action show was her fighting style in the Clone Wars um, animation doesn't really translate to live action. No. Nope. Um, you know, one one thing about the, the prequels compared to the original trilogy uh, is, is the choreography, right? You got yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan twirling and doing all this, and it kind of makes sense, right? They're in their primes. They're able-bodied. Anakin's not a robot with four robotic limbs. Um and, and then obviously the original trilogy was made in 1977, so you can still see the sawdust coming off the wooden lightsabers yeah. when they fight, which is just yeah. great and iconic, right? But, um, you know, one thing that I think really separates the prequels from that, from the even the sequels, who had, in my opinion, some of the worst lightsaber duels I've ever seen, um, is the choreography. And shout out to an, an X user. I'm going to start using the terminology X because it's X now. But um, I was on the Ahsoka hashtag, and uh, I forgot this user's name, so I doubt you're listening. But if you ever are, I'm sorry. Uh, they pointed <laughs> out how the choreography was actually really, really sloppy. And as I was watching the video. I was like, damn, they're right. The choreography has gotten really sloppy. Now, there have been stories in the past of a lot of the actors struggling to pick up on the choreography. Two of the best, which honestly made a lot of sense when you watched their fight, is Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Rosario Dawson kind of had trouble uh, picking up some of that choreo because Ahsoka's lightsaber form in Clone Wars is, again, really hard to translate her cost- animation. Her costume. Maybe the costume's just too big on her head. And it's she can't it's move. a lot of makeup. That's, yeah, I mean, true. The, yeah. Their hair and makeup department should get some Emmys, though, because, I mean, it, it oh, is yeah. great. Oh, it looks fantastic, um, yeah. But I felt like but, almost maybe that hindered her, in a way, the yeah, actress I mean, to, to performing, you know, some more, I guess, athletic moves, because, look, you have yeah, big so- ass, this big-ass whatever it is on your head <laughs> yeah you know, you're, you're, you're plated up you're plated up with armor and mm-hmm. in a way that's why i thought it looked clunky because it felt like ahsoka should smoke morgan elizabeth you know yeah and, you know, yeah. yeah she should but she needs to be in help it's it felt very when we saw ahsoka debut back in uh live action in mandalorian season two they almost made it very kill bill style uh choreography 
So I don't know if it felt more for like that ninja style type of choreography. That's the type of battle I felt like I saw when Morgan, Elizabeth, and Ahsoka battled for the first time in uh, Mandalorian season two. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm also trying to think Ahsoka's a lot older, right? I mean, when we saw her in Clone Wars, yes, the animation, the way they can jump around, move around, a lot different than live action, obviously. But I'm trying to also maybe consider, like, maybe they're trying to think, hey, she's a lot older now. I mean, if you think about, what, 25, 30 years span between Clone Wars uh, to uh, post uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, I don't, that's just me trying to overthink, but it's just maybe that could do some of it but you're right i feel like we should see her you know steven you brought up a really good point we should see her not have a problem with some of these stormtroopers uh kind of like uh in uh the <laughs> the prequels with the roger rogers you know um <laughs> you know they're <laughs> they're broken up to pieces like really quick and it's almost a meme uh so it's it's i felt like it should have been a little bit more of that maybe struggle with the zombies a bit maybe struggle with which form Morgan Elspeth, but I don't know. Those are just some things I'm trying to think. I saw that with the sequel trilogy too. I don't know if you guys did. I felt like those battles mm-hmm. were a little bit slower too. I don't know if it was for the intensity sake of it, maybe more of the practical effect over CGI that we saw and oh, the prequel. So I'm just trying to think of what, not to defend it to its complete right, but <laughs> but I'm trying to think of why it's a possibility on why we came to this point and why the choreography is this way. Well, I got one question for you guys. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned how I, I liked when Thrawn turned Morgan Elizabeth to a witch. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe we'll answer this after the break, mm-hmm. but her as the final villain. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. You know, and, I, I'm, I'm going just... to need your takes after the break. Yeah, I'll just give you a little backstory. She used she was using a famous Dathomirian sword, of course, introduced in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. that um, the original okay. mother, uh, grandmother, uh, fought Mace Windu with. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a little cool callback that it, you know it's one of the blades that can withstand a uh, a lightsaber. So that was pretty cool. I do want to end on one quick point. I do think what was really cool about it, going back to Sabine's kind of inability to use the forces if you watch the fight where it's the scene of those three deflecting blasters ezra and ahsoka are having no issues mm-hmm. they're deflecting them right back at the stormtroopers and mm-hmm. sabine actually takes them to the dome that her helmet yep. and then, <laughs> yeah and then you know when she's deflecting them with her lightsaber they're actually just going straight into the ground so uh i guess that was a good use of showing that she doesn't really have her full power or the full power of mm-hmm. the jedi if you will yeah where um, we've always seen in the in the Clone Wars, the prequels, uh, the Jedi's no issue. She used issue. the Force oh. and sent Ezra flying. <laughs> like, well, that seemed like advanced Force using. If, if we're I'm gonna go, say. we're gonna go five episodes from now talking about a random TV show, and you're gonna be like, dude, she just pushed them up. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> where should it'll, I get it? Be... That, that, you but know, honestly, Jay, honestly, no, that honestly, Jay, feel, Brandon, yeah. like, yeah, didn't that seem? It. A little unrealistic. I know it's Star I, Wars. I agree. But... No, no, yeah. I, I agree with you on that point. Just, I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I just, I need the reward. I need the reward for you to do that as a character. And I just, we, we didn't get that. You know, Jay doesn't agree. So. I could tell. He doesn't yeah. agree. I, no, I do agree. I actually <laughs> agree. And, and it's something that we'll have to dive into after the yeah. break. Because um, I, I do want to talk about it more and, and overall force power in general. Because it is becoming an issue in Star Wars. We yep. saw it in the sequels. It seems like mm-hmm. some people are learning it really quickly. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. dive into it 
Uh, we're going to take a mm-hmm. quick break. When we come back, we'll also just give our overall thoughts. We're also going to break down the Priscilla trailer. So stay with us. All right, welcome back. We're going to try to give a, an overall recap of Ahsoka as a show and our overall thoughts. Um, you know, this was, in my opinion, a true Star Wars feel. Like I said we, in the beginning, we had dogfights, we had uh, space battles, lightsaber duels, throwbacks and callbacks. So to me, it was a real good Star Wars feel. It appeases the Star Wars nerd in me. I thought there were some loose ends again to tie up. I guess just from a pure Star Wars perspective, I really did like the show finale. Um, again, a, a real Star Warsy feel, and I could see why some people might be upset. Some loose ends tied up, mm-hmm. um, but for me, this gives gave me a really good uh, callback to uh, you know those prequel movies. Having Hayden Christensen, uh, obvious spoiler at this point. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming <laughs> you've watched. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really liked, um, the Star Wars feel of it, uh, you know, for Steve bringing up some of the points just from a purely actor and actress and plot and all that totally justified and valid. And I agree with a lot of the points he makes, but for me, it felt like true Star Wars again. And that's something that Star Wars has been sort of lacking. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Mandalorian, I think of it as a space Western. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. I think season two finale is so good because you get some of that Star Wars element again. Book of Boba Fett, uh, it felt like uh, Power Rangers made for kids. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, then, <laughs> and then you find, and then Andor again, very good in my opinion, the best Star Wars content we've gotten in a long time. Um, but again, more of a spy crime thriller. Uh, yeah. This felt like Star Wars again. Yeah, I would say the, and we talked about so much, the way episode one just opened. I I felt the chills. I felt, man, this is like Star Wars again. Like this is if I am watching the prequels or even the original tr- trilogy. Just that whole opening uh, was was just something that I still remember the most out of the show. Um, I would say in terms of the world building, uh, just everything the way it opened, the way it was setting up at first. I think everything, maybe up to episode, I would say five or six was definitely the most. I would say that's when it kind of started to go down a little bit. I'd say for the most part, um, it definitely carried itself really well. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Steve. Hey, look, you know, solid show. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Star Wars shows. Um, I thought it was decent, you know, I mm-hmm. thought it was a decent show. Um, I thought the writing was all over the place. I'm not going to call it god awful, but I thought mm-hmm. it was all over the place. Um, I would have liked to see more character development. Truthfully, I would have loved this if this was uh, Rebels. Just this was a Rebels focused show mm-hmm. where it's we have Ahsoka who functions as your, um, you know, like your Jon Snow in essence, or your, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, where we know Jon Snow's the main character, but mm-hmm. he's a part of a, a grander scheme ensemble cast of characters, you know. Um, but I thought it did have those classic Star Wars moments, um, you know, when. One of my favorite scenes was seeing um, Ahsoka waking up as a, young, as a younger version of herself and mm-hmm. seeing those stormtroopers come out of the come out of the fog. I thought that was yeah, that was quite mm-hmm. that was that's cinema right there. It's very cinematic, you know. And I thought that whole sequence with Anakin, flashback to the Clone Clone Wars, that's great stuff right there. That's mm-hmm. great stuff right there. But the main plot was really uninteresting. 
just really uninteresting because if the the premise of the show was hey we need to save if one of the premises is hey we need to save ezra Mm -hmm. okay he's saved but now ezra is in the same position ahsoka was in and now ahsoka needs to be saved everyone just switched places (laughs) yeah in a way it's you know you bring up a good point steve i feel like when you watch a movie tv show whatever it is simple as possible something that we're all taught in film class or just a uh, screenwriting class, there's your point A to point B. What is the one resolution that needs to be done? From the beginning of the show, it almost made it seem like the root, the what needs to be what needs to be accomplished by the end of this season is saving Ezra, bring him back. I feel like once we got to that, yes, I think the fan service the need was yes, we need to also see Thrawn back too. But I feel like once we got to what episode five or six, it kind of it, it kind of felt like that final scene at the end of Finding Nemo where all the fish were like, what now? You know, it's <laughs> like, what, what do we do now? So that so that that's just one little gripe that I have to agree with, Steve. It's like, yes, the one thing that the point of the show made its point, you know, and I think that one little part of Ezra making it back to Hira, I think that was a little bit. I wouldn't say to the point of theory, but it was a little emotional that like, look, you know, he got back to Hira. He's finally there, but you're right. It's kind of like, oh yeah. What about, what about so can Sabina? Like, <laughs> what do you we know, do? <laughs> just a human element that I wanted yeah. to see. And this is so dumb. I just wanted to see Ezra asking a bunch of questions. You know, this is a guy that's been gone for like, what, how long was the original trilogy over? Like several years. Okay. He yeah. left. Before the, I mean, he didn't even know the Death Star existed, if you think about it. Like, this guy probably missed so much. This is a guy that went toe-to-toe with Inquisitors and eventually Darth Vader. He fought Darth Vader, and and he was going to lose easily until Ahsoka saved him. And, you know, this is a guy that probably had so many questions. And you kind of saw a little bit when he was like, at least it worked. And he goes, it worked, right? Like, insinuating that, like, hey, we won the war. But I just want to see a scene of him being like, okay, so what happened to that to that guy in the black suit that I fought in, in like season two? Uh, you know, yeah. how, what happened? How did we win? What did we do? Who were some of the main cogs? I mean, this is a guy that also met Leia. You know, Leia, a huge part of the rebellion and eventually yeah. won the war for them. Uh, you know, did he did he ever ask, like, hey, whatever happened to that princess I went on a mission with? Like, yeah. you know, these are questions that I would have loved to just see him ask as a human, like, hey um and sabine explaining like hey yeah so there was this battle with a bunch of fur balls and ewoks and all that right <laughs> like so i don't yeah. know that was just a dumb thing i would have really liked to see and it goes back to like maybe yeah. letting that writing breathe a little like mm-hmm. it adds to the character development of ezra you know ezra's been gone but we're all humans you know we're curious about what happened during i mean he was a big part of the war and all we ever get is like uh so we won i don't know that's just me what about Sabine? What do you guys think of Sabine? I did not like her character because in the end, her character, if you think about it, was acting like a child most of the season. And ending up, I mean, then what What happened was you save Ezra. Okay, great. But now you unleash General Thrawn to the whole galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, was her actions, the way her actions were written, mm-hmm. like, is she that stupid? And is it, is it, <laughs> but also, is the implications of General Thrawn, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, if she had an idea General Thrawn could be a possibility of coming, but mm-hmm. along the lines, 
was her trying to save Ezra, like, I don't know, like, the situation ended up being, hey, we saved Ezra, mm-hmm. and now Thrawn's let upon and about to fuck shit up in the galaxy. And I, and I, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, Thrawn was doing some weird stuff that episode, too. I thought, <laughs> why didn't this guy just kill Ezra and Sabine when he had the chance? <laughs> But yeah. no, no. what do you guys think of Sabine, her, her, her motivations, and just the implications of what she done led to Thrawn? Like, did you guys have an issue with that? No, I, I, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because that is her character in the show Rebels. She's impulsive. Uh, just a little backstory about her. She was a weapons manufacturer for the Empire and saw all the bad they were doing and defected. And that's how she ends up joining the Ghost Crew. And she meets Ezra. And it's funny because the show starts off very Disney. Ezra has a crush on Sabine. Uh, you know, he's and then they end up kind of growing into this brother-sister bond. And everything she does speaks to her character in Rebels. She's impulsive, doesn't think it through. Um, and I think there's an episode where she gets the dark saber, the black saber, and um, you know. She starts training with Kanan and Ezra. At this point, Ezra is a pretty full-fledged Jedi, if you will. And Kanan's pretty much in master mode. And he's explaining to Hera over the phone because they're in different areas of the planet. And he says, you know, everyone has the force. Just some are better at it than others. She Mm -hmm. doesn't trust herself. And that's kind of the theming they stick with. One thing I didn't like is that she's Ahsoka's apprentice. I thought that was a little forced. I don't think mm. everyone needs to be an apprentice. I'm, I'm like, I, it's just, I agree. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. Everyone has the force. It's kind of like, are you LeBron James? Are you Michael Jordan? Or are you like, you know, someone who played in high school and, and you didn't go any further? I get that. And I love that aspect mm. of the force. But I don't love the fact that everyone suddenly, like you said, can just force push Ezra through the through the through the air and and they're good at it all of a sudden. So it, it does speak to her character. Her character in the show is a little whiny, but one thing they really stuck to that I love in live action, she's an elite fighter. She doesn't lose many fights. And you saw that in this show. Um you never really saw her wield a saber in Rebels. So I like that she really struggled against Shin in this show uh she never really uh, uh won a fight but when it comes to blasters no one's gonna beat her and that just speaks to also to her being a mandalorian but yeah i thought her character was very true to the show that's fair oh i mean that's Brandon. it yeah no no that's a good way to put it and it's like i i don't know and then i'm looking at it the way from the like the writing perspective i just felt like this character didn't add a lot to the show I've, I mean, yes, you can say once she was captured, um, you know, Nasoka sensed kind of her, her, her feel or her decisions that helped towards her finding her and then, you know, going to the space whales, which I'm still trying to think through on how that ship didn't, you know, logically go back into the, <laughs> the back of the, of the whales, you know. How did, how, did, how did that ship not go through the, the whale's anus? How That's that what I'm thinking. Happen? Like, if you think about it, the ship didn't go into hyperspace but the whale did so you would think the whale like i'm using my airpods right <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is <laughs> it's like if this goes into hyperspace but this isn't here this doesn't this is gonna go that way i i'm just trying to think that through but anyway star wars is a lot better when when physics it's... doesn't exist uh, there's a lot of things there's a great segment and maybe we'll put yep. it in our in our youtube link this week there's a great segment on history channel or yep. discovery channel or something where they do how physics actually doesn't work in Star Wars. And it's really yeah. good. 
I mean, Jimmy Neutron was just, I mean, thinking about that alone, how people breathe and we're talking space. But um, no, on a very serious point, I, I see both of your points when it came to Sabine's character. Um, I just don't think it was the actress. Yes, she did seem a little annoying. Some of her decisions, you as a viewer was like, oh my God, no, no, no. Why did she do that? Um, it's, but it's, it's more of, I just don't feel like her purpose was fully meant to be there i want to see why was this character in the show why was she written in i needed to see a little bit more of that so that's something where i am more on uh steve's side about that um when it came to that but i like that it was true to the show yes perfect but i just don't feel like she added a lot more where it's like if she was completely removed maybe the show or the series could have worked out well well, I also, uh, you know, I kind of wish we saw some of that backstory as to why Ahsoka wouldn't train her. We get some some hints mm -hmm. of it. Hu Yang even mentioned it in the finale yeah. here um, that, you know, her family died in, in the Mandalorian bombing from mm -hmm. the Empire. I would have liked mm -hmm. to see that because that's real character development. She loses mm -hmm. everyone she loves and cares about. And it kind of taps into her using the dark side a little this season. So mm -hmm. that is definitely something I would have liked to see. And it goes back to just maybe mm -hmm. poor writing and not showing us some of those flashbacks. And maybe they're saving it for second season that just hasn't been announced yet. Again, there's a lot of this. Maybe mm -hmm. also just goes back to the fact that we don't know what comes next. Is it the movie? Is it Mando season four? Is it Book of Boba Fett season two? I really don't know what comes next. That's true. And it's, I mean, the same thing goes for Shin. I would have loved to learn a lot more about her. You know, mm -hmm. how did Balin find her? Was she a youngling that was surviving? And maybe he took her with her. Um, was she a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> or was she going to be sold to French guys in Turkey? You know, just like oh, a prostitute do Disney... exist in Star Wars, or do they? Okay, I was going to yeah. say I didn't think Disney. The would, crime uh... world is real. The crime yeah. world is real in Star yeah. Wars. So yes, we, things we like saw that it, we, we saw it in Episode One of Andor. You know, um, yeah. So it's yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm not too far fetched. Who knows? Who knows? I, I yeah. do want to ask you guys real quick when we wrap up our stuff who wins mm -hmm. the show for you I think for me the easy answer is Balin and Ray Stevenson yeah. RIP mm -hmm. um, yeah a masterful performance masterclass in acting uh, I want to learn mm -hmm. so much more about his character and I don't know what the plans are for you know mm -hmm. obviously you can't you can't really plan on mm -hmm. on certain external mm -hmm. elements happening but for me Balin wins the show so Balin MVP NBA MVP I, I would say for me, it's the world building, the settings. I think they were just really beautiful. Uh, the way, especially the forest, we only got what, two, three episodes of it, uh, which I think mm -hmm. was enough. And honestly, in my opinion, but just uh, seeing the different set pieces, seeing the different lands, uh, the landscapes, um, I thought that was really well done. So for me, I'd say that's one thing I appreciate the most of the show. One thing Star Wars is always going to do well, it's set design and costume design. I mean, mm -hmm. they, yeah. and special effects, of course, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, other than revolutionizing the, the special effects mm -hmm. game, I think uh, set design has always been one of their, their mm -hmm. strong suits. Yeah. Final yeah. ratings, by the way, for this. Ooh. I'm going to go yeah. 6.7 out of 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll give it 7. I, there was some good stuff. Uh, I, I was going to say, I'm a little more Star Wars. Yeah, I'm going to go 7.2. Yeah. Um, for, for some of the it just feels like star wars again just as a true that's star fair. Wars nerd, that's absolutely fair literally yeah. wearing the t-shirt right here with boba fett's face on it hey um, i wore my galaxy's t-shirt <laughs> you know two episodes ago so 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go seven point two. I do think they, they fell a little flat towards mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. I would have also liked to see a lot more Thrawn. Yeah. I would have liked to see more Thrawn, but also I think they really – they almost fumbled Thrawn a bit in terms of was he that much of a mastermind if you don't, if you don't kill two of the Jedi that are there when you had mm-hmm. the chance to, you know? It's it's hard. It's uh, I don't know. It's a little difficult because uh, well, he had you know, Sabine, you, Brandon. You had yeah. him right. You could have literally <laughs> murked her. It's Steve just wants his character off. <laughs> well, I mean, but this honestly, also, though, I mean, like, no, yeah. why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Like honestly, I mean, you're you're so right. This... With his strength, I feel like realistically, he would be able to at least maybe kill off one of these three. Right? I mean, it's it's one mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me they all three of them avoided the bombardment from the Star Destroyer, like you uh, know, it's just classic TV and, and Star Wars, you know. Right, but right, right. Um, I will say, just Thrawn's character is is a mastermind. He's a tactician. He's always doing something with a plan in mind, and and I think you kind of saw that where he let Sabine go and then had Balin and Shin follow her. But what I don't think he anticipated. The big monkey wrench and everything was Ahsoka coming to save everyone. So, yeah. you know, um, one thing in the show, Rebels, he does get beaten a lot because there's always a monkey wrench. And that's just Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think it's a solid show. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think the fan service is really good in the show mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. a fan yeah. like you, Jay, a fan like you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, would I rather see a different studio handle these Star Wars stories than Disney? Yes, because I think Disney isn't doing well, at least for this show. The writing should be so much better because mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful, expansive mm-hmm. universe with such interesting characters. These aren't a lot of these characters aren't, you know, they're from previous iterations and pre- previous um, shows. And so it's decent. But I do wish if we could get a better studio to write these shows, mm-hmm. I think we get better Star Wars, my opinion. I agree. Yeah. A24? I was thinking, I wanted to say it, but nah. it's like, damn, A24 Star Wars? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a good segue because we are gonna talk an upcoming A24 film. And uh, we all saw it come out on Twitter two days ago, the Priscilla trailer which is something we've all, uh, we immediately mm-hmm. sent it in our group chat and we're like, mm-hmm. we're ready to watch this. So yeah. Um, yeah, overall thoughts. I just rewatched it in our break here and I'm excited for this movie. Usually anything A24 puts out, mm-hmm. I will watch, but I don't know. Overall thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's one thing. So I was actually talking to a coworker today who's a big Elvis Presley fan, you know, just loved the music, listened to it with uh, her grandmother. Um, and we both brought up a good point. It almost feels too, fresh just because you know we did just have the legendary studios i believe it was uh with elvis presley uh with boz larman um it's it's and you know boz you know with legendary uh with warner brothers is a lot different on the other side than a24 that's more of a darker indie type of style Mm -hmm. and sophia coppola two completely different directors so it's it's interesting but it just feels a little bit too soon for me that's just one thing but i'm not here to talk about that for me it's more i Something like when Jackie came out with Natalie Portman, um, I love that we're telling the story of this icon, of this person who definitely deserves to tell her story told. And I think we're going to see a lot more of the abusive side of who Elvis Presley was towards his wife, um, towards a woman too. Um, so that's 
that's something that I think we're going to see a lot more of a darker side of uh, just seeing her story be told. Um, I think that's something that I'm really, really excited for and looking forward to. The actors look really incredible um, mm-hmm. as well. And nothing on Austin Butler, but um, oh man. Uh, but, Jacob Lordy. Uh, Jacob Lordy, yeah. Lordy, who's playing Elvis, he definitely, he's, you can tell he's got the height, he's got the looks too. So it's going to be, going to be good. It's going to be a good competitive uh, run for these two um, great actors as Elvis is. Yeah. You know, talking about Baz Luhrmann, but he did Great Gatsby. I'm missing another film. I'm trying to think of another Baz Luhrmann film. Um, uh, Romeo plus Juliet, which was great. I love that movie. Was that yeah, in '96? It was. I believe I want to say '96 with Claire Danes and Leo, right? Yeah, Leo. Yeah, Leo yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a, such an interesting movie because we watched that in school. Yeah. And I remember, I, thinking, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, why do these guys have guns? <laughs> but then I was like, okay, it's a modern take. All right. But yeah. Look, Baz Luhrmann, you know, nice director. This is Sofia Coppola, all right? Sofia Coppola, just Academy Award-winning director. This is this is this is the person you want directing a biopic like this. Um, Not to mention, you get the studio Mm -hmm. along with it because the one thing A twenty four is going to do, it's not going to glamorize and over movie over movie dramatize Mm -hmm. this film the way you know Elvis was. Elvis was mm-hmm. a film that is classic Hollywood bait. It's a classic biopic that will yeah. make you want to root for this character, mm-hmm. um, make you feel sorry for him, make you feel bad for him, be emotionally invested in him. Mm-hmm. But it's all in a dramatized way. It's it's in it's in a way that will make you seem like there's think there's a hero, and Austin Butler's the hero. You know, Elvis is a hero in that movie in a way, right? Uh, he's a savior, right? He he came from humble humble beginnings, you know. Um, had to deal with some BS manager. But here's the thing that I like about this film, um, with mm-hmm. this trailer, it's going to give you that raw side, Brandon, and it's the beauty of mm-hmm. A twenty four. It'll give yeah. you the raw side to the point of uncomfortable. Like I mm-hmm. see this film be, being uncomfortable because a lot of A twenty four films mm-hmm. are uncomfortable, and they're not focused on uh, pleasing the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. you see a movie like Elvis, it's obviously going to play to the crowd. A24 mm-hmm. does not do that. I remember seeing the Green Knight in theaters, and I, I really like that movie, but it's a movie mm-hmm. that turned a lot of people off because it's, it's, it's a movie that stays true to a filmmaker's vision, and it doesn't cut itself in a way that mm-hmm. takes away from that vision. Because generally, you'll see movies that get reshot. They, they, we need to add this. We need to add more crowd uh, pleasing moments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're, I think with this film, we're gonna get some really raw imagery. We're gonna get some really raw performances, very mature in its nature. Uh, whereas, you know, Elvis, I think, was playing on mm-hmm. the lines of kind of a teenage dream, like in terms of mm-hmm. this, there's a target audience that is adults, but look, it's Austin Butler. We want to get the 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 fangirls in the crowd. Yeah. This is actually telling a story about, I, I think, the relationship between, obviously, Priscilla and Elvis. But you're also going to get kind of the hardships and the real cold, hard truths of that era. You know, how women are viewed in that era. Um, mm-hmm. How a man of dominance, like Elvis, how he asserted his dominance, not only to Priscilla, but to the world and how he viewed the world. Um, and get into some uncomfortable stuff. So I'm excited. I mean, this this should be, this could in my opinion, go as maybe one of A24's highest grossing films. Yeah. Um, if if the marketing for this is is up to snuff and 
you know, um, mm-hmm. and it, you know, a 24 does a good job promoting it, which, you know, they're, they usually do lower budget stuff. So it's always a little hit or miss in terms of marketing, mm-hmm. yeah. but it looks like a great movie. looks like a great movie. So. Hey, listen, a 24 is fresh off the of best picture with everything everywhere all at once. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're on an all time heater right now, but, uh, I think we're setting up the press papers. Is that what's going on here? And honestly, yeah. I mean this, I think a Lordy, uh, Jacob Lordy is playing Elvis. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be better than Austin Butler. I really well, think like, poor I, Austin I, Butler's already been catching strays on Twitter. Uh, everyone's saying, man, the, yeah. the guy well, wasted three years practicing his Elvis action to be outplayed in the trailer. And the thing is, too, it's like Austin Butler was nominated for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. If we are saying, and I think, a Lord, he's going to give a better performance, is Elvis the type of role where it'll garner you an Academy Award nomination, similar to Joker, where you have Heath Ledger's character get nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Jack Nicholas was back in the day for an Academy. I'm not sure. If he was. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about. But obviously, sure you have about, Joaqu- yeah. but obviously you have Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. the role of Joker has that gravitas to where it'll get you that Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if, if Austin Butler was nominated for Best Actor, are we going to see the same for a Lordy, maybe in the Best Supporting Actor role? It'll be yeah. interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, and one thing I really want to say about the trailer, the trailer did a really good job of shifting tones. It starts off so fun. Uh, it's it's cute. It's romance. And then like yeah. halfway, literally at the halfway point of the trailer, you yeah. get into some really dark stuff. Just a story. Um, you know, I used to have a TV in my car, one of those uh, drop downs. My dad installed it for us. And yeah, we would we would always watch this movie called The Naked Gun. A lot of people don't know about it. <laughs> um yeah. it's leslie nielsen an icon mm-hmm. uh, r.i.p mm-hmm. um but you know i was fresh off of watching airplane which is another iconic comedy yeah and um you know leslie nielsen is now starring in this role and the love interest is priscilla presley and i remember <laughs> you know my first thought was when my mom first said oh my god is that priscilla presley that's elvis's wife you think of glamour you're like and I'm at this point in middle school, about to go to yeah. high school, and I'm thinking like, oh my God, Priscilla Presley, like she must have had it all. And then you dive deeper into her story. And I wonder how many people coming into this movie don't know about the stuff she went through, the grooming uh, allegations mm-hmm. that have been just jumping on Twitter because of this movie now. Um, mm-hmm. And and you can probably call it grooming. She was, you know, in high school and they kind of touch on it in this trailer already. So, um, you know, it's it's really good stuff that, you know, we're going to kind of get this biopic and I mean, I'm so excited. And one thing A24 does so well is kind of taking actors and actresses you've never heard of and mm-hmm. turning them into household names. If you look at like just the filmography for a lot of the actors in this movie, you're like, I've never heard of any of this. Uh, and and a Lordy here is actually a Kissing Booth alum. I'm a big rom-com guy. So Kissing Booth on Netflix, watch it. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. You know, th- these are these aren't household names we have for this project, and I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I agree. Um, something. I mean, even you can say like, I don't know. In a way, like Austin Butler, if you think about it, after the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, he just was kind of disappeared a bit. So it was good to see him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just an Elvis curse or something, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great to see. I mean, even like, uh, I don't know, A24. I just I really love the ghost story. I don't know about it's the same thing with Steve said of kind of the way the Green Knight made some people feel uncomfortable and like, oh, I'm not really into this. 
Same thing. Uh, I heard a lot. I love to go a ghost story. I know I remember being back in college. A lot of people were like, this was trash. It was very slow, very boring. I was like, oh, you're looking at it the very wrong way. Um, I think this movie will be a little bit more fast paced than both titles, uh, respectively. But I just don't think it's going to take away from that style. And that's something I'm just I am ready to see the darkness, just how gross possibly of a person of his press not saying like not you know not yeah same like or anything at all and you know r.i.p but <laughs> but if we we are going to see a dark side of that we just don't see to a lot of celebrities um in the past especially in the time where women were viewed more as you know trophies or something you can own rather than being the love of your life you know now yeah no i mean people thought you know there are people that didn't like everything everywhere all at once right and that's I mean... and that's gonna happen yeah so A24 is it's a studio that will you know come with people didn't like uncut gems you know it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I personally I love all those movies um yeah and you know I'm happy that they're one they're the ones distributing this movie um I'm happy to see um Sofia Coppola being the director of this movie um yeah can't wait can't wait when does it release uh, November 3rd okay yeah. Just a little fun fact about about her directing this movie, Sofia Coppola. Uh, she was an actress in The Phantom Menace, which a lot of people don't know. I learned this today. Uh, I tweeted what? it out on her Twitter Get page. Out of here. <laughs> um, she is one of the handmaidens for Queen Amidala. So uh, she plays a character named Sashay, uh, which is just so George Lucas. He probably saw a sash or something like that on <laughs> on on a on a prom queen. <laughs> It was like, that's a character. But yeah, she plays um, one of the handmaidens. You barely see her face. Um, it took forever for me to find even a picture on Google Images. What? So uh, oh, yeah, this man. is pretty cool to, to, as Steve said, go from, from that to Academy Award nominated. And I actually think this could nail her a nomination for Best Director. And um, I'd love to see female representation in that yeah. department because this year also I, I think it's pretty much penciled and we're going to get scorsese in that department this year with killers of the flower moon set to come out um you know we're probably going to get well i was originally going to say villain the wave but they moved dune so i don't know about that now yeah but you know maybe um, ridley scott with uh yeah. napoleon yeah, yeah. I, I was yep ridley scott and and the Probably some other movies earlier this year that I saw. It's, and I'm it's loaded. We're gonna have to do an episode on some upcoming movies because there's there's some big yeah. stuff coming up. So, uh, you know, so you know, there's a lot of good directors mm. this year, and I I think she's gonna earn a nom for at least best director, maybe even best picture with the expanded categories now. So, um, I'm really excited for this. I think it's gonna be really good. I just again, I love that tonal shift from mm. uh, uh, you know, hey, mm. this is gonna be a romance to, well, it's gonna get really dark really fast. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also going to be kind of uh, like a coming of age story, right? Because it's mm -hmm. she's 14 and it'll cover her life from when she was 14 years old to 27 or 28 years old. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing her development. And, you know, it's a story I don't know too much about other than what yeah. like people mm -hmm. speculate on. Um, mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to get to know, like, you know, how much they dig into what really yeah. happened obviously it's a movie so maybe we'll see how true they stay to the uh the script so to speak because you have you know the apparently the elvis presley state saying you know this movie's kind of defamatory and but priscilla presley is saying no no i'm i'm approving this movie 
And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Right. That's true. If she approved it, if you know, it's because she was able to see it like, yes, this could be a good, uh, something that is a true story. So it's, if she, if it's, it's, it's up there for a reason, it's going to be the movie theaters because she approved of it. That's a good point, Steve. So that's something mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what more of the truth we just don't know, or we just, we haven't seen. We're going to have to save this for an episode, but we might need to do a biopic draft or episode or something. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. there's been some yeah. good ones in recent years. I remember watching 42, the Jackie Robinson story. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. a really good one with Chad with Bozeman. And, and, you know, there's obviously Elvis and there's Priscilla. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a bunch mm-hmm. of other, you know, you have the the walk hard and, and mm-hmm. uh, type movie. So, you know, yeah. or walk the line. Walk hard is actually the spoof of the it. Dewey <laughs> the Dewey Cox story, which is a really good one, but I recommend it. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do a biopic draft because that is, yeah. uh, there's been some good ones in recent years, and uh, I, w- yeah. I just can't wait to dive further into this movie. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys? I think this has been a fun episode, and we're done with Ahsoka. Ahsoka uh, Loki comes out soon, so. Ahsoka, we'll yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah can it's game, those, same yeah. week. It's Can't wait to watch him Loki. Yeah, yeah. I was. I um, love how John season popped. one ended. Yeah, uh, I can't wait for season two. Yeah. Well, uh, follow us on all socials, Balls Deep Cinema Podcast, and you know we're gonna bring up some some new stuff next week. So can't wait to get started. Halloween's coming up. We'll have a horror movie episode. So yeah, uh, you know, thank you for listening and tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Yeah.